Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of More Money for Teachers. This is where educators who are serious about their personal finances can spend a few moments and make those moments profitable. So how do teachers create the lifestyle that they want to live? And how do they put together the resources they'll need for the lifestyles they'll want in the future? And how do they do all of that on a teacher's salary? Those are the questions. This is where you'll find the answers. My name is David Solis, and I'm happy to share this information with you today. So lean in, listen close, and learn today's lesson so that you can live well today and live well tomorrow. The title of today's episode is Who Controls Your Burger Supply? The reason I'm talking about this is because recently it's been major news if you on social media at all here in Texas that Whataburger was sold to a corporation or a group of investors out of Chicago. And this has Texans going crazy. Now, don't get me wrong. I uh, think Whataburger puts out a reasonably, reasonably good product. It always has. They're very convenient and that you can find them just about on every other street corner as you drive through towns here in Texas. Um, but <clears throat> all the hoopla just got me thinking about this from several different perspectives. I just want to talk about two angles that we can take this conversation. The first one is easy with respect to a tasty burger. Now again, I'm not going to say what a burger isn't doesn't put out a good product. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty tasty. But if you really want a tasty hamburger, you know, as well as I do, that there are a whole bunch of different places where you can find a better tasting burger. You can actually make a better tasting burger at home. I'm not going to play favorites here, but it doesn't take too much of your mental capacity to right off the bat, think of 10 or 20 places that you can go find a better tasting burger. So that's one reason to not be so upset about what's gonna happen to Whataburger. Another angle you can take this conversation to is that of, look, Whataburger is a major corporation, here in Texas anyway, and the decisions they make they do that without your concern or without what you think as an individual, all right? They obviously were thinking about selling the company for a certain asking price, they got a good offer, and they sold, period. It was about their bottom line. It was about the money they made, and they made that decision without what you thought as an individual. Now, collectively, yes, a whole bunch of people might be upset, to be honest with you. I think uh, <clears throat> people really don't care. But anyway, some people do. But my point that they made a decision without what you think individually because it had to do with their money is what leads me to the main point of this whole conversation I'd like to have in that it would serve people well if 
they gave as much thought and paid as much attention as to who controls their money as to the attention and thought they're giving to who controls their hamburger supply. That's right. All across America, people don't really give much thought to who they're allowing to control their money. If they did, we wouldn't see this love affair with qualified plans like 401ks and 403bs and 457s and all these other alphabet soup names that people are so in a hurry to just pour their money into by the truckloads. If they would step back a second and just think about it, they'd realize that what they're doing every time they put a dollar in these plans, they are giving up control of their money. Sometimes they give up control for decades. Okay, these things are called qualified plans because they come with a lot of qualifications. A mentor of mine often used the phrase, qualified plans are for broke people. Now, what did he mean by that? He meant that people are really concerned about having the money that they'll need to have in retirement, so they dump so much money in these qualified plans every year that during their working years, they're broke because so much money is going to these plans. Then, when they get to be retired and they look at the account size and they start to add up all the what they've lost in fees and loads and commissions and charges and expenses, and then they look at the taxation of that money as it comes out of the account, they realize that they're broke again. So that's why he's come to the conclusion that qualified plans are for broke people. I tend to agree with his conclusion when you compare it to other places that you can let your money reside between now and retirement and then use in retirement. Okay, it's just like the hamburger story. Before you get all bent out of shape, examine whether or not you have other choices. If you do that, you'll realize there are plenty of other choices or when you, where you can get a better tasting burger. Well, with respect to your money, if you take a look around at what other choices you have other than qualified plans, you'll easily discover that you have choices which offer you more liquidity, more use, more protection, more income, more growth, more accessibility, and greater collateral capacity than your qualified plans, which offer you very limited control. So, if you'd like to know more about those options in where you can let your money reside, please feel free to contact me at wealth and income for teachers at gmail.com.